We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are three years, three months, and 13 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Emson alongside Ned. Bruce is not here yet. I say yet. We're hoping he's going to come in at some point. But until then, we're going to make do. Ned, how are you today? I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I had several hours to do a little bit of, well, to finish up some research today because my daughter left me in a cafe while she was gallivanting around the city with a friend. I see. So, yeah. Dad, can you give me a ride here? And oh, by the way, can you wait for six hours in the cafe while we're, <laughs> we're doing whatever? Oh, and I need some money. So if you could yeah. just give me the credit card, that'd be great. Oh, she's pretty cool. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> she left so, me there, but she didn't ask for any money. Well, that's that's good. That's good. She's already got all that. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, she's already got it all. Well, while you were being left there on your Jack Jones in the uh, in the cafe, you jotted a few things down, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I decided to um, start my climate agenda process. Now, I haven't asked you one word about what is in any of this. I know. Because you started to say something and I said, no, 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 no. Just tell me on air and we'll we'll go with it that way because that makes That's the best conversation. Way. Yep, it does. It is. So I'm going to do just like I did with uh, with Marty. I'm going to. All right. See that the lead's gone. There you go. You're off. Yeah. Well, um, interject if you do, because you've always got some good comments. I do appreciate them. And sometimes I need pulling in. Will. But anyway, first of all, for those people out there, because we must have listeners that are... Um, eco people as well if if they want to call themselves that so there's one point i must agree with is that the only group that has the ability to destabilize the climate is humans but it's not through everyday use of fossil fuels or cow farts or animals letting go of methane so if any of you are shouting at the podcast now um basically i'd like to say you're not open to knowledge and debate if you're willing to listen to a bit of evidence Stay on. Listen, go a bit further. Right, because, I mean, I'm interested in the flip side to see if there's any evidence in the opposition because what I give out is data. You can make what you want of it, and there's more data out there, and we're talking data that's been accumulated by people, by scientists, that have goes back 140 years plus. And these scientists, a lot of them have been deplatformed and for various political reasons. There's no debate out there. There's just a lot of shouting. Yeah. But 
first of all, there's a good place to go to find such information, scientists. You've heard me speak about one or two of them before. Dr. David Lindzen, awesome. He was in there from the beginning uh, with the UN, and he became sort of demoralized with it when the UN totally flipped on their own information, got politicized, and totally changed the climate agenda. And then because he didn't agree with it and he said, well, this is the data, then that was to some reason he got deplatformed in a way. But he's been around for a very long time. He's a climate scientist. Brilliant. He knows his stuff. I mean, he was he was um, one of the first people to um, get me really interested in it. And uh, there was an interesting um, set of data from uh, a person called Milankovic, which had to do with the orbit of the Earth around the sun, whether it's tilted and that. And I'll talk a bit about that later and how the actual bombardment of solar rays actually, you know, affects whole climate. And it was very, very interesting. And the iris effect. If you haven't heard of these and you're in the ecosystem and you want to say, I'm for climate, climate change is happening, whatever, climate changes. This is, we're talking, if you want to say it, right, if you want to not use the political words and you think it's going to be destabilised or we're wrecking it or whatever, like the energy companies come out and go, oh, the energy crisis, you know, the, the climate crisis and we've got to do this for energy and they're totally politicising it, but there's no debate. There's no debate. So if there's no debate, there's agenda. Simple as that. So the iris effect, what I mentioned, is all about the upper, the upper atmosphere, yeah, look into it. It's a very interesting part of the subject. It's how different parts of the biosphere affect and counter what you would call warming. Yes, it's all out there. The other person was Dr. Judith Curry. She's um, another one that got uh, deplatformed, but she had the tenacity to go into making her own business. And she's written books and she's done stuff and she's still out there and she's not letting go either. So she's... Um, quite a, a, a feisty person she's got a sense of humor it's worth listening to her because she speaks from common sense but once again i keep looking and i keep looking and i keep looking and all i come up against is no data there is no data no data with any hard grounding but there's a lot of funding a, yeah yeah there's a lot of funding but there's no data funding. it's just hearsay right experts right. say but someone's wrote written a paper on this and what does the paper say it actually doesn't say anything and if it's backed up by the un wf or even the who using the climate agenda that it, there's no grounding in it and i'll even try and explain a few things to people so that it pulls those little bits of things that where they get their what would you call it cherry picked data from yeah. Yes. Before you do that, um, I would like to point out, you, you're familiar with John Kerry, our climate czar in the U.S.? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. You're familiar with him. The World Health Organization Director General Special Envoy for Climate Change and Health is now his daughter. Well, wouldn't she obviously knows so much about it. Yes. She's now taken over that position at the World Health Organization. I just thought I'd point that out since you were... Oh, yeah. Well, the nepotism bringing the, just keeps yeah, the WHO on, and the WEF and, and yes. climate change and everything together. So that's, yeah, yeah. she's mm. the new envoy for that. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. That's another reason to actually doubt anything that they're doing. Yeah, that's her right. Marvelous. There. Nice yeah. smile. Nice oh, yeah. smile. Yeah, fine. You can actually put that face on a packet of Tampax and I wouldn't buy it. I just, no, sorry. That's what she's there for. She's a face. And people, the trouble is we live in the world where... People follow the good looks, they follow the um, telly, the media, 
and they want to be a bit of the celebrity five minutes and that that is it and and it, people you got to start caring because and you got to start making sense if you're going to shout about something for god's sake look into it first unless you don't care whether you look like an idiot if anybody disagrees with what i've got to say this is based on data, and this data has been collected for a long, long time. And like I said, I mean, if a lot of people say, well, you've just got it from deep platform people, well, you're wrong. Because I finally found, I finally found a professor of atmospheric science and climate models that is still director of Earth Sciences, and he's worked with NASA, and he's still current. And he's actually been to your House of Representatives, is that right, Johnny? Yes, 20 times is that all no and he's been asked questions and stuff yeah and he's the only person that's been up there that many times in recent time is uh dr anthony fauci yeah but this wasn't detrimental this was basically he was putting the case forward and he's still quite amused why people aren't listening you know what i mean because i'll tell you why they aren't listening they're not listening because we have these policies that are surrounded by a political agenda and you can't oh. change those policies you know yeah, you're, really, you're not going to get you're not going to get funding allocated to a to a specific project if it doesn't fit the political agenda because that's where we are now yeah but he's got funding and actually he comes from he's quite open he he's comes from fun. the uh yeah but nobody listens <laughs> state of alabama uh-huh yeah and he says, and and he he got asked the question. It was quite amusing because when he got asked the question, he goes, "How come you haven't lost your funding?" He goes, "Well, in Alabama, a duck is a duck." So basically, that's fair. <laughs> if you tell the truth here, that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah and you don't fair. put up with too much BS. And I went, "Wow, that's cool." And you've still got your job. I do have a a small clip here. It's it's a couple of minutes. It's the uh, the Greenpeace uh, co-founder, Dr. Patrick Moore, He's talking. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, would you like for me to play it? Because he's kind of backing up what you're saying here. Well, yeah, he's he's, he's getting more vocal as it goes on. He's he's mm-hmm. been around quite a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you can put him on. He's 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 okay. he's very relevant at the moment. Yeah, yeah, here he is. You have to have a different sense of time than just going back to 1850, and that's what these people are doing. They're saying that beginning in 1850 we started using fossil fuels, and now there's a climate crisis because of that. It's complete balderdash. There's nothing to it. It is a hollow husk of an idea, and it is being perpetrated by politicians who want a scare story to get the vote. And so 80% of all science research in the United States is in universities. In these universities, you cannot get a grant about climate unless you are on the scare story side. It just won't, just won't happen. No, not only that, you will be ostracized by your peers and sent out with a pitchfork in your rear end. If you do such a thing as to as to counter the narrative, as they like to call it. So we're stuck in this situation where all this negative information and scare stories are being fed to the politicians so they can use them to make fear in the public, to control the public. And that's what this is. It's just like in a way like COVID, it's a totally different situation. But they did everything they could to make us afraid during COVID instead of giving us hope. And they, they denigrated us and our children, and they, they, they broke the golden rule of medicine, which is do no harm, uh, and that you have everybody has a right to informed consent before having medical treatment of any kind, whether it's a needle or a drug or a, a surgery. You have a right to refuse that under the law of medicine. But they've just thrown that out the window altogether in the same way as they've thrown out rational thought about climate out the window and are saying now that they have a crystal ball 
which is obviously a mythical object and, and doesn't actually exist. They have a, a, a crystal ball that can predict the future of the Earth's climate, and it is very, very, very bad. And all of you are going to die if you don't do what we say. He could have been actually quoting me. Like I said, quite it was quite it quite was right on point with what you were talking about. So yeah, well, and, that's, and that's what I was saying there. Said. So it's nice. It's, it's nice to hear him again. He is on the case. He's obviously very upset, and he's becoming very vocal. And there should be more of them out there now. There, there will be more of them. They're finally coming out, and they're getting very vocal. And hopefully, people of stature will back them up as well, because he's got quite a lot of history in the Greenpeace movement, good or bad or whatever. But it's it's there, and he's he 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 obviously cares about what he's done previously, and he's very annoyed that people are using it as a tool. And I I can't blame him. But going back to this chap, if anybody wants to know, he worked with NASA. He's a very knowledgeable person, very, very good, and he's actually got even information out there, if you're interested. And I'll give you his name later. And actually, he's actually got a website out there as well, and you can download a free booklet and everything else. And it's nice to see. But this data, this hard data, that is... See, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest problems, it seems, right, these climate scaremongers, as our friend puts it, take their data from surface calculations, right? So they say it's hot air, it's hot air, it's hot air. Whereas um, Professor Christie, John Christie, he worked with NASA and he used the satellites and they did this over years and they went kilometers into the atmosphere and studied it. So this was actually looking at the atmosphere. And so they actually then decided, well, where's the other information coming from? Well, if it's surface, that means that can only be local data. That can't be in-depth atmosphere data. And so they decided to put the calculations up, one against the other, and then they went, every one of these climate models, because of where it takes its data, that's what you've got. You, you've got something called a negative feedback loop. Basically, in the atmosphere, the atmosphere, you've got sunlight coming in, you've got CO2 there, obviously, which is, I'll explain later, it has a very negligible effect on the atmosphere compared to a lot of other things. And the thing is, the Earth atmosphere expels energy back into space. That's what it's designed to do. And the thing is, these climate models are at least 100% out. And these, these they've been writing these papers since the mid-90s, saying these climate models over-exaggerate and are wrong by a massive amount. These models have a lack of cloud formation, humidity effects, all manner of things. So the so-called climate models, the atmospheric warming by one degree, right? And they put it, it basically says that the Earth emits 1.4 watts per meter squared. So yes, so, but the problem is when NASA accumulated all its data over several years, the actual Earth kicks out two to three watts per meter squared. So what these climate models are doing are holding on in a negative loop nearly as much amount as they say goes out. So all they do is see deliberate warming. You take 1.4 away from 2.6, you've got plenty left. And in their climate models, it just accumulates. So the climate models are wrong. They don't even know what the Earth is doing. So they've got a negative feedback loop. And so basically all their models are going catastrophically off the scale. And it's just getting yeah? worse. Yeah, due to their model, because it's right. all local. It's right. not actually atmospheric readings. They actually don't go deep into the atmosphere. It's all surface models. And this, this is the biggest problem. I mean, it's easy to see how 
say if you say 1.2 per meter squared of wattage of power of energy is accumulating each time i mean is it deliberate that they keep doing this you would possibly think so and the reason being if they don't do this then they don't get more funding right well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, simple, it's simple logistics of how we do things here. Take the climate out of it. Put it to medicine, okay? Take a hospital. If you don't use up the resources that you have, you know, and this goes for anything else, you know, government contracts or whatever. If you don't use up the resources that you have that have been allocated for that quarter or that year or They'll semi-annual or whatever, they will cut your budget and you mm -hmm. won't get the allocation for next year. So you've got to use it all up, right? And I'm assuming that they're doing the same thing with this. If they don't meet the, the hysterical targets that are concocted to begin with, if they oh, don't we'll hit that. We'll find somebody else to. Exactly. You budget, we'll find somebody else to. Well, that's true. They'll yeah. just pay somebody else to get the results they want. But if you don't hit those numbers that you're putting up and surpass that and then hype up the fear to the next level saying, look, we need more funding because we need to fix this and we need to come up with solutions on what to do. And it just gets worse and worse. Like the problem just compounds upon itself. It's a snowball effect. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, and, and the other aspect they use is short term data. I know our gentleman said there, oh, going back to 1850 and whatever, but there is data going back that far. But the good thing about that amount of data, forget the fossil fuel things, the weather patterns and everything. It's like your New York Times, yeah, made a oh, statement. No. Yeah, hang on. Was it a How true many one? high recorded temperatures during the recent heat wave, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, they cherry pick their data out of, say, the last 20, 30 years. If they'd gone back the whole century or more, they would have found out that, uh, say, in the 20s and 30s, the heat wave was astronomically worse. It was, yes. And basically, the, the, the actual data that goes back in the weather patterns and the atmosphere and everything else from, say, the 1850s. Now, somebody actually did a forecast from, say, the 1850s all the way to, say, 2070 and said exponentially, if you have the CO2 emissions and they were doubled, it would only still raise your temperature by 1.3 degrees. Globally. Over that period of time. Over the period of time. And not only that, but we would have higher crop yields across the world. Oh, God. I mean, if you look at it, right, CO2, CO2 is, it loves to energize the plant life. It's a wonderful thing. If anybody wants to have a look, go up and have a look. NASA is a wonderful um, uh, base, a database. If you look at that, you can go and see over the last period of years how green are certain areas of the Earth have got, how more forests have grown in certain areas of the world. Although you have got certain areas being deforested and that, you also have more growth. CO2 will help that growth. If you go back, say, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, to some, I mean, the Earth was 130,000 years ago. The Earth was exponentially warmer even before that. Yep. If you think yep. about it, none of, none of your coral, none of all your fauna would have come into being if we didn't have CO2. It needs it. It needs to energize it. It needs to grow it. It needs it, it's all in there. It's all part of life. CO2 is in a cycle, yeah, and it has such a very negligible effect on the atmosphere. And this is it because there are natural ways that attribute to the warming. Um, you will get your warming cycles and you get your cooling cycles. Take two extremes. You get things like ooh, El Ninos, yeah. massive warming. Yeah. You get uh, volcanoes, 
which mm -hmm. have a cooling effect. Yeah. And you, you, you will have these different things. And we know for a fact that the sun, sun's output is ever so slightly getting more and more and more. That yeah. is part of its cycle. And we're bombarded more and more and more. But the biosphere adjusts. I agree the only person that can, the type of people that can destabilize it is the humans, yeah? And I'm sorry, it's corporates and stuff like that that are putting these whirly gravestones up called windmills, which are just no good whatsoever. Oh, man. I, I was, I, I, I kid you not, I was, um, I was standing on top of a building yesterday, right? Just hear me out, right? I, was, I went for a swim and the, the pool was on the top floor, right? And they had this area where you could walk out. So I walked outside. And I looked off into the distance. It was a beautiful, clear evening, right? You can look off on one side and you can see the mountain range and, and yeah. the castles up on the mountainside and everything. And, the, you know, the, the German villages, they got tucked up on the mountainsides. It's, it's just amazing. And then you look off another way and you've got large fields and way out in the distance. I'm talking maybe 10 miles out, right? Mm -hmm. Five, 10 miles out. I can see them and they're about maybe half an inch tall. I can see them. And I never knew that they were out there the entire horizon, horizon. was painted with these yeah. just god-awful eyesores by the way as of today siemens energy you know the 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 electric or yeah. the um you know the tech company siemens energy their stock has collapsed because they have a serious loss with these wind turbine units that need at least 1 billion euros worth of a technical fix on the faults that are within these turbines inside these units well, that they I mean, manufacture. It, right, okay, fine. Let's go down this route. Oh, you, you're talking about energy, right? You're talking about windmills, yes. you're talking about solar, right? Yeah, they need, and how much of an eyesore they are. They need vast land tracks, don't they? Or sea yeah, yeah. tracks or whatever, yep. uh -huh. vast areas, right? They affect the biodiversity below them or where they are. They don't do any good for it whatsoever, and they only produce a maximum of 3% of your energy, right? Now, I'm trying to gonna speak some common sense here because, right, they've got such a thing in, in the, what was it? What, there was something called, it was called the iron law of power. The weaker the energy, the more stuff you require to gather it, to concentrate it, and to make it useful, right? You get out of your house. You get out of your house, you feel the wind, you feel the sun, yeah? It's there but it's weak energy. Solar needs to be in vast tracks to make a little. These wind turbines, they obviously going to need wind to produce whatever. Unless yeah. you're the French, you know? then you can use the, the nuclear facilities to power them to make <laughs> them look like they're actually producing something. That's right. But they affect the ecology around them. They actually are, must have some effect on the actual weather patterns where they are. And that's been created by man. Now, when you have these things, like we're talking before, you've got to mine the minerals, the raw materials. You've got to process those materials. This is all taking energy before you've even built the bugger. And then you've got to get it here, get them all together, build it, put the science together, get your transmission lines there, everything else like that. And then, funnily enough, plan maintenance or if something goes wrong, like your billion dollars that Siemens need. Meanwhile... All of this just to create because it's weak energy. And then, hang on, nature gave us this really solid black stuff called carbon, which you go put in a furnace or make a furnace of it, and it kicks out how much energy? It's by order of magnitude. It's it's like it, it's not even comparable. Yeah, but with... hang on. It doesn't. You've got this out the ground, and it's yep. instantaneously mm. combustible, ready to use really compressed out you go boom 
And to be clear, not only does it require less effort and, and produce more energy, we can actually recycle it. As in, once it's been exhausted, we can recycle oh, the byproducts so of it. Many, so many we different do. things. And yeah. when we burn it here in the West, I can't speak for India, Russia, China, of course, but here in the West, the UK, the French, the Germans, the Italians, the Dutch, the Americans, Canadians, Aust Australians, we have clean burning systems here. You know, I'm doing the air quotes, clean burning. As in- Where'd you get your charcoal this, from? Yeah, but the scrubber systems we have, you know, oh, like they'll, know. they'll actually, they'll scrub off- yeah, so there's not like black smoke coming out. It's just, it's the steam, no, it's CO2 no, the and, thing and is water we learn. We learn about things as we go through history. We learn things and we better things. But that is the actual carbon footprint of those lumps of carbon is negligible compared to solar and wind power. They're not renewable energies because they're going to be standing there like gravestones because you're not going to be able to afford to take the damn things down. You're not going to be able to afford to maintain them after a period of time. Nature will take its course on them if they're stuck out there. And none of the materials that we use to construct either one of them can be repurposed. No. Nope. Doesn't it sound a bit daft to you? It sounds like, well, another take on that laundry service that you're famous for breaking <laughs> up. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, so bas basically, yeah, like we were speaking the other day, it is another scaremongering thing to create another X amount of industries, which is in its own way destabilizing everything else and just making this thing called money for somebody. So it's got it's it's just causing more harm than not, and they don't care. So you ecologists and everything like that need to get on the right side of the fence because it's it, it it's not good. It's not good. You see, I don't understand. I would like to know, and I haven't managed to calculate it yet. How much land is actually now taken up by these windmills and solar panels? I'd hate to think. How much land is being allocated to them it is just well i don't know uh, it's, it's wrong it's wrong um, it is so you've got everything about carbon co2 and carbon is positive compared to these it is just and the, it's obviously wrong because they're not doing any transition time if they were right there'd be a slow transition time away from fossil fuels where it doesn't harm the people the human race is getting harmed by this massive, quick push in all manner of directions. I mean, that gentleman talked about COVID and the harm that doctors done when he said, do no harm. We've voiced that before. But these corporate people are causing deaths. I mean, if you look at the UN with, its, with all its information that it used to accumulate back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and it accumulated about the third world countries and everything like that, and all it's been done is used to keep those countries poor. There are a couple of countries. You see, the one thing we do know is for a country to stop being what they call an LIC, a low-income country, become a high-income country, they will burn fossil fuels. Yeah? China blatantly went, well, we're going to do what we want, and because they full well know, yeah, whether they're right or wrong or whether they're a monster or not, that you will start at one end of the industry and work your way up. You do not go green unless the West or the people or the countries in this world that have a large amount of money actually write off debt. Or they say, we're not going to put you in debt. We're going to build this for you for nothing. Otherwise, they have to go through the process. And some of the countries, so there are countries out there like Bangladesh that told the World Bank to go chew themselves on the green thing. And they said, no, we're going to do fossil fuels. 
because that's our only way out of it. Otherwise, we're going to be up to our neck. And they don't. Yeah, what are you, the what are you supposed Lanka. to tell? Yeah, what are you supposed to tell on that point there? What are you supposed to tell all these countries that haven't gotten to the point where they can't take on these new quote alternative? Re- I'm doing the air quotes. Uh, renewable energies. What are you supposed to tell those countries that haven't gone through these these industrial, I guess, processes to to like build up their societies? What are you supposed to tell them? Sorry. You're just going to have to live in the Stone Age for all of eternity. And by the way, we're going to make you go in debt and then take all of your um, raw materials in payment. Thank you very much. And when we've taken that, guess what we're going to do then? We're going to dump you. That's right. Now, before we get too far, because on this point, all this just nonsensical funding and, and pushes and you're saying there's no innovation time and I, 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 I totally agree like with you. I'm going to be amused with what No, I totally agree with you. We played this earlier in the week, but I wanted to play it for you because you have not seen it yet. Oh, I didn't play it for Marty, but I'm going to play it for you. This is, a, this, this is an actual thing. This is an electric car on the side of the road. And thank God nobody was hurt, but this is the transportation of the future. Okay, this is about 60 seconds. I don't suppose you know what make it was. Oh, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, the cells are just blowing one after another. Yeah, but that, that is ridiculous. That is, that is a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? That is a hell of a lot of release of energy, that is. Yeah, and you cannot, if you're a firefighter or an emergency, you can't get near that. Well, you're not going to put it out. No. I mean, the and that's, that's yeah, the transportation yeah. of the future. Yeah. That's green. That's zero emissions. You see that? You see how much in, in, in emissions you're saving there, Ned? You well, see that? yeah, I know. He's th- That just put about 30 years of emissions from that car into the air <laughs> and whatever damage it's done to that freeway. Not to mention oh all God. of the chemicals that are going to have to be used by the emergency services and the fire brigades to put that out and keep it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They can only cool it down. They can only cool that down. And hopefully then it will just slow down. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but Oh, my God. Well, that's what happens when you cut corners, right? Just like a submarine? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we live in a world where they cut corners. Look, the rules and the regulations are put in, put in, yeah? We know for a fact over the past couple of decades, this goes for food and everything else. And we said stuff about food. The FDA, the CDC, they've been cutting back regulations so corporations can go and do what they want. And this goes from everything from baby food upwards. Yeah, so when it comes down to machinery, they don't care. It is make the quick buck and then they'll find an excuse and just put it across the media and say whatever they want to say. They've got the media and people will believe anything now. This is the problem. I'm not asking people to believe me. I'm asking them to follow data, to go look at it, yeah? But that that is ridiculous. That is definitely not green. I mean, that has actually taken the e-car straight off the map as far as i'm concerned oh yeah yeah absolutely because you're sitting on top of that battery setup yeah and and think about think about what happens and if that if that battery pack if that 
somehow or another comes in contact with water or something, you take it down to the car wash. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, After so you... many years, yeah, it's not proofed anymore and you want to take it through your hose in your car down. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Well, not only that, but I mean, you were speaking about <laughs> the um, uh, the windmills and the solar panels and how we can't repurpose any of that stuff and how you've got all these resources and materials that go into it. And it's the same thing with those electric cars. Those battery packs, those lithium-ion battery packs, we can't recycle those. Okay. They're just going to be stuck you somewhere. You to take some out of it, but it would be a low percentage of whatever. Very, very low. Majority, yeah, very low. The majority of it is just poison. Yeah. Well, we said, we said ages ago that basically, even if they managed to put um, electric cars, if we even had the materials to do it, They'll only last for a period of time. And then your battery sets, can you imagine two billion battery sets of cars, how mountainous that waste would be and how poisonous that would be? They don't care. You could probably fill the Mariana Trench with it and that would be the end of the oceans. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. No, they don't care. They don't care because they're not going to be here. They'll make a swift buck and they're off. And that is, seems what society is getting to. And nobody has care or responsibility for anything that's in the business world and this is what i do not understand i do not understand the uncaring culture out there because we used to care because we're short-lived we used to do do our work we even whatever jobs we had and some of us had more than one job and whatever to actually keep the family going so that they had a chance of having a better future than what maybe we had to progress forward so our offspring could have a better chance for their offspring and that's how we go forward but not anymore no and it's it's a multiple it's a multiple it's a multi-pronged attack on these things that you're 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 bringing up here so not only is it destructive in the sense of like all these materials and everything you're talking about it's also destructive from the managerial standpoint of it and by that i mean uh, we're talking about uh, yesterday or day before, well, a couple of days ago, depending on when you're listening to us, we talked about the consequences of equality and inclusivity uh, with Marty. Well, you can apply that to this, to all of these companies that are now getting on board with all of these uh, eco goals, right? Here's what they're doing. And, and these energy companies and everything else, the companies that are doing these uh, these wind and solar farms like Siemens and the rest of these, these companies like this, these are complex systems, right? Just like air traffic, just like ocean going vessels and creation of like vehicles and things like that. These are complex systems. These companies that are doing like energy providing and things like that, these all rely on like competency, right? So you're asking why people don't care. We're filling these positions now and these these managers and these CEOs are taking these positions coming out of the World Economic Forum to do this diversity and uh, inclusivity and, and all the rest of it. You're not hiring competent people. You're abandoning meritocracy. And they're putting oh, yeah. them in there based on they're, just... They're, they're trying to create a social platform where they'll have a level of the community which they can just tell what they've got to go and do. Well, that system's doomed to fail. It's, it's doomed yeah. to fail, just it on, on the space. Fail. It is doomed to fail. But the thing is, with that attitude, that means they take the word human resource to an extreme and they will use it up. They will use it up and they won't care. If somebody drops down the shaft, internal shaft of one of these windmills, that's an accident, unlucky. You can get another 10 of them. Maybe if you pile enough bodies, you'll just be able to tread across them and get to the top. Possibly. You don't need ladder. to spend money on the ladders then. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. But no, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, it, the biggest problem, it, you take these windmills, right? What You're not allowed to drill through their structure, yes? So 
no, listen, you're not allowed to drill through their structure. So when you get things like um, uh, panels that monitor stuff and that, they're held onto the structure by very strong magnets. And these use a lot of rare minerals and everything else. The whole creation of these things is of a magnitude that it, as one goes up and everything that's associated with it, it never, it will never produce, 10 of them will never produce in their lifetime what it takes to put one of them up in its carbon footprint. It is never going to happen. All it does is create this idea of jobs. Somebody makes some money. They, well, and like I said before, you're getting screwed. You're getting screwed with the energy thing. The whole thing is you're paying for it. They've told you there's an energy crisis, so you pay more for it. Then the government says, well, we'll subsidise you. So they're giving it straight to the energy companies too. Somebody might say, well, I've got shares in that company. That's good. That's some coming back my way. No, because you've paid out of your pocket exponentially more to get a fraction back. It's a big lie. The only people that make it are the people at the top with their profit margins because they've made money and they'll pat themselves on the back and go, here's my bonus. Thank you very much. Happy Christmas. And you've been used assets and cash cows. And that's as they see you, whatever. And not until the actual whole thing falls to pieces. And at one time, we are going to see those silent gravestones out there just standing offshore doing nothing. And I'd like to hear the story they come up with because they'll come up with something and people will believe it. And they'll blame somebody else. They'll blame the people. And they'll get the people to pay for something else. Well, they were doing it on our behalf. They were doing it to help us, you see. Oh, yeah. It was all done. Hang on. Isn't the road to hell paved with good intentions? Good intentions. That's right. Yes. Well, they've got a quick shuttle that way, and they're heading that's, up there as speed. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the genius thing from their standpoint about this entire scam that they're cooking up on everybody is if we eventually get to the point where we all just take them to task and bring them to be held accountable for this stuff, then the, these scams that they're playing on everybody, they'll just say, well, we were doing it for you. We were doing it on, on behalf of you. That's oh, what yeah. they'll say. Yeah, just like the petrol, just like the yeah. cycling, yep. just yep. like the splitting of the ammonium to get nitrogen and all the nasty things they created along the way. Instead of putting it to good use in the proper way, yeah, what they could have done with instead of putting the lead into fuel, which would have saved exponentially a lot of harm, which nobody is ever going to pay for. The brain damage and the harm they've done to the human face race with just that. And then they could have used ethanol to begin with instead of the lead molecule. You've got the ammonium. You've got the nitrogen that was created. So the whole world population grow. Well, what did they get? They created chlorine gas from it, killed a load of people. They created pesticides where Adolf took the smell out of it and then gassed the Jews with. And it was... A Jewish man that created the damn thing in the beginning. I mean, the irony of the whole nasty scheme of what man is capable Man is capable of the greatest good and the greatest evil. And it's always easier to do bad than it is to do good. That is the basis of the whole structure of life. It's an easier route to just to be nasty. It's easier to give in to the bully than to stand up to them. It's the whole, this process you learn in the playground as you grow up. The playground I'd, of life, they just don't work with I'd properly. Like, well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to just point out the reason they don't work with it properly is because they were never on the playground. They all went to private schools. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, all they, right, did. they did. They yeah. did. None of them yeah, had to deal with the bully that, on the yeah, playground. Exponentially, most of the populations learn this, and yet they're not still standing up. They're not, they just don't. They're too, well, they got to watch know. Netflix. They got to watch Netflix. They got to go on holiday. Yeah. They don't have time for well, that. Well, anyway. Football I games need on. To, I need to go back a little bit. 
go Please back do. Go to, ahead. Yeah. Because I want to carry on about this climate thing just to give some more data. Now, if anybody that's looked into how the world works within the solar system and that big ball of light that we like to get up to and get our suntan from, there was a chap called Milankovic, yeah? Very clever man. So much data calculated, right? So it worked out the sun's effect because we're always being bombarded by solar radiation. And he worked out due to our orbit, which isn't perfect, and the Earth's on a tilt, and it's we're always going round ourselves. And he worked all these calculations out of how, depending on whether the solar radiation which impacts us, depending where the Earth is, whether it's on what tilt or whatever, how it would affect the melting of snow, and if the snow wasn't melted, how that would affect the climate, or if the snow was melted, how it would... and how much energy the actual solar radiation affects the Earth. Now, it really comes down to quite a lot. But the reason I'm saying this, and some people get bored with science and everything, yeah, that is wattage is the energy, right, that they, they calculate. And solar radiation has quite a hell of a lot. It impacts the Earth. Now, depending on where you are in the orbit, depending on where it's tilted and whatever, you can get probably between... 100 to 300 watts per square meter yeah fine and the biosphere always adjusts and manages to cope with it and it's done it forever but the reason i'm saying this is compared to co2 co2 is about two watts per square meter so in the whole ladder of warming energy in our atmosphere and that co2 is so negligible that is the thing. Look at your calculations. Look how the sun affects us. Look at the whole picture, please, people. Because, and you will find out, CO2 is so negligible. In fact, it's, it's so ne negligible in the warming factor, but it has such a positive effect on our fauna and everything else. All right? So don't go trying to break something that your world actually is quite good at sustaining, and it needs it. I don't know. I'm not going to go through all manner of stuff. It's actually, it's interesting the inversion that they've created here. We actually need the thing that the people are saying that we don't need. Yeah, exactly. It's going 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Right. We need the thing that they're saying that we don't need. And what we really don't need are the people saying that we don't need it. It makes you wonder whether they want to create a crisis first before they repair it. They and wouldn't know how to that, repair that'll it. that'll be the next line that's, they go down. That's the interesting part about all this is they're try. I, I believe they're actually trying to create the crisis to be fair. You know, yeah. like a real crisis or or an accidental one, so then they can turn around and and try and fix it. But let's be real; these people can't fix anything. They can't no, fix breaking, anything. No, 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 they break everything they damage. they try. They, they break they everything that they they try more to fix. Damage. Yeah, they they can't fix anything. No government can fix anything. They cannot. And as as we've talked about with these institutions and the way that these political agendas are, you can't speak up. You cannot speak up. Whether it's this or, or anything else that's common sense, when you start laying facts out there, undisputed facts, you're censured. You're, you're shut down. You're, you're pushed off in a corner somewhere and your career's finished. That's it. Yeah. Well, at least uh, John Christie in Alabama, professor... Is well on it. Well, that's good. Look into Alabama, uh, the University of Alabama, because basically there is so much information that he's worked with NASA. It's really interesting. But there is also another side to this. I mean, this is what gets me, yeah? Your ecologists say, well, we don't mind electricity. We like to have cheap electricity. We just want it clean. 
And this is what we spoke about before. The wind turbines, the solar, compared to that lovely chunk of carbon, this is clean in a carbon footprint compared to that. Yes? 100%. So, right? So if you're in touch with this world, right, and you want to say, oh, oh, hang on. What about all those mad weather patterns that are going on? No, nope. look into the data. There is no more hurricanes, more than what there was. Yeah. If you look over the long period of time, yeah, they haven't exponentially got more. They haven't exponentially got stronger. You know what the biggest problem we've got is? We're just building there. We're just building there. So the damage is more. Things cost more. Why build in a hurricane? And I'll tell you why. Hang on. If I build a load of stuff there, buy that land cheap, build a load of condos there, somebody will buy them. Eventually, a hurricane will come round and whoomph. Ha, tell you what, I could do that again when that all settles down. It's, you see, if you look at the data, and this is what I also wanted to look at, sea rises and that, you take a long time ago, the actual sea levels were 100 metres lower, yeah? So between... Actually, this between, is a good go point. On. This, I'm sorry, this is a good point. You spent a lot of your adult life in the Royal Navy, correct? Yep. Yeah. Just just to be clear, okay? So you were in and out of a lot of the same ports all the time, correct? Yep. In all of your decades in yeah, the I'm service of- bastard. yeah. Okay. Yeah, in all, in all your decades <laughs> in your career in, in Her Majesty's Navy. Yep. How much did that water level in all of these ports that you were familiar with that you traveled into many, many times, all of them, how much of a difference was there in water levels when you would dock? Negligible. Negligible. Next to none. Those, those docks were still there or whatever. Exactly. Now, now exactly. the thing is, right, and we knew, and we still do know, yeah, that the sea levels is quite a dynamic thing, rising and lowering. You will get them, yes, depending on, hang on, there is something that goes around us that has an effect on tides. There are um, what several... is that thing? What is that thing? It's it's round. I know it's round. Um, yeah. And I think it only comes out at night. Uh, what is that thing? Oh, the moon. That's right. Only comes out at night, does it? It's always there. Yeah, it's always there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean, though? It's brightest yeah, yeah, at night. No, no, yeah. But the thing is, everything, we live in a construct of a solar system, yeah? And there are gravitational pulls and pushes no matter what. The one that has a major effect on our tides is the moon. But the point is, we need those tides. That is part of our ecosystem. That is part of what's helped life on this planet as well. But these tides can be exponentially higher, depending on the alignments of everything, or they can be lower. Yes, you get high tides, low tides. It's fine. You get normal ones, then you can get some freak ones. Yeah, freak tides. It happens. It's a massive dynamic, the sea. And by the way, the sea... You stick something in the sea, it will wear it down. And those tombstones, those whirly tombstones out there, will get worn down. And the seal, the seal, yeah, the seal have them. Don't worry about that. Um, it takes so much to keep things up. So over the decades, right, this is, this is how it works, right? If you go back far enough, yes, the sea was 100 metres down low. Between the years of about, say, 15,000 years ago to 8,000 years ago, that sea level went up. So you're talking, whoa, at least 12 centimetres a decade for how many thousands of years? So ooh, you saw it come up. In our lifetimes, in your parents' lifetimes, going back and back and back, this sea levels are going up about two and a half centimetres, about an inch a decade. That's what it's doing at the moment. That's why you don't see many changes other than that. I'll tell you where you'll see a big change. When that hurricane comes in and you're under 10 foot of water, 
Storm surges. That's what yeah. you see. <laughs> That's what you'll see. The normal stuff. No, you can actually build. You can actually build to actually cope if you look far, far enough. For 10 years, 20 years, whatever. If you work on, say, an inch a decade, that's what you're going to get. And that's what it is. This has been monitored long enough. Yes, weather patterns will happen, but they haven't got exponentially worse. They haven't really changed. Cost the biosphere adapts. And the only thing it's trying to adapt to is us doing silly stuff out there with our wind farms and our solar panel and all these. You radically change what happens on the land mass or out at sea, you will affect things if you do it on a large enough pattern. And all you do, it's going to leave, well, it's a dumping ground, isn't it? So what are you going to do with all that? That is the problem. And it affects the biodiversity. They talk about animal life and stuff like that. None of it wants to come near a windmill or a solar, or a solar panel site. What are you going to do, put hedgerows in there? No. This <laughs> is just making it look pretty. It's just, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'll dress no, it up a it, little bit. Yeah, it'll look good for a photo op, sure. <laughs> Our biggest problem is we might like to make the big buck, build the stuff out there. If you look in most countries, people like to go to where it's nice and warm. Yeah, go to those lovely things. If a typhoon or a hurricane turns up, which it will do if it's been there before, just have a look in into the local history. Have you had a hurricane? Do you get hurricanes here? Oh, no, we haven't had one for years. But do you have you had them yet? Well, one will come round eventually. That yes. is what's going yes. to happen. Ask any, ask any Florida resident. They'll tell you exactly that. <laughs> it's just going to happen. That is a natural way of it. I don't know. But I love the sea. And I well, of course you do. It's just down the road from you. I would hope you'd love the sea. But what I don't like is scary scientific crap well that's all they have for you i'm sorry you're gonna have to take that because they don't have anything else they don't have they don't have calm scientific crap for you you have have to take the scary stuff one of the latest science alerts science alert paper a science alert alert. is this something out of the uk government one of their schemes they've cooked up (laughs) no no, it's actually a paper that's it's called science alert earth could feasibly that look this is the sort of crap they put out there yeah when you put a paper out there that says this could happen but it might not. But I love because those. of the way it's written, yeah. people take on, what do human nature do? Ooh, he said that. So they'll, you know, cut it to pieces. Earth could feasibly descend into chaos, physicists warns. Physicists have calculated using a theory conceived to model superconductivity. Oh, boy. <laughs> led by Alex Bernardini, University of Porto, Portugal. For some years now, extreme weather events, you ask, uh-huh. as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> seem to be occurring more regularly, you ask. Then he says, wildfires blaze. Hang on, is that our Canadians having a bit of a burn up, is it? Storms rage, temperatures reach new records. No, they don't. If you go back and look, they've been a lot worse than what they have been here. It goes round in cycles, right? So climate scientists have warned, oh God, on and on and on. I, I actually have to, on that point, I have to congratulate you uh, for staying alive. Yeah. Because alive so we long. were all, well, yeah, we were all supposed to die. This was uh, Greta Thunberg in 2018. She says, a top oh, climate yeah, scientist well. is warning that the climate change, that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. It was approximately five years, four days ago. The day. What? Oh, that would have been... Well, she didn't say on the solstice by any chance, did she? She did, yeah. Ah, so I would die on my birthday, would I? Yes, yes. Happy belated, by the way, I forgot to tell you. You total moron, Greta. Well, she's not a moron. She's probably rolling in Oh, she's rolling in cash, yeah. She just bought a $4 million house, I think. (laughs) I was reading somewhere. (laughs) But here you go. Now, if you want to think about... um, 
let's go along the climate route, yeah? So along the climate route, we talked about, oh, this carbon capture industry that's gone up, masses of that. Funny enough, there's hundreds of these companies all of a sudden managed to spring up. It hasn't really been prepared. And then you've got another one. Well, they're talking about the animals, aren't they? Have you uh, listened to the latest about cell cultivation or cultured meat? I must have missed that one. <laughs> well, there's two firms in California. One's called Upside Foods and the other one's called Good Meat. I'm wondering, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Um, I'm wondering, would this funding for these startups, would that come from our dear friend, Mr. Gates, I'm assuming? Because he says that I, he's got... Actually, actually, I'm not too sure about that because I couldn't find out who yeah, was actually yeah. funding them. Mm. But the U.S. Agriculture Department have given them a green light of course to sell have. meat of course they to restaurants. This is to <laughs> restaurants, yeah? That doesn't come from slaughtered animals, but made from animal cells and is lab grown, right? No, so thank basically, you. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So basically, the co-founder and chief executive of Eat Just, who actually, which operates that company called Good Meat, you could quote him, instead of all the land and all the water that's used to feed all the animals that are slaughtered, we can do it a different way. So these labs, yeah, don't use water? I think they do. But Well, yeah, but of course they do. But you're saying that this is a, an alternative for what? You're taking cells and you're cultivating this, this meat substitute in a vat of chemicals is all you're doing. I'll tell you how they do it. Oh, but apparently, God. this is what gets me, yeah? There's already 150 plus firm, firms of this worldwide working on chicken, beef, pork and lamb. I bet they are. And hang on. Does this add up to the academia push working with the governments to say, we're going to get rid of lamb, we're going to get rid of beef, we're going to do the chickens in <laughs> and everything yeah. else? Yeah. So, well, do you yeah. do you remember the uh, the report that came out of, I want to say it was the, um, the university there in London saying that they were going to outlaw lamb and pork in the mm -hmm. UK by 2025. So mm -hmm. about 18 Lamb's months from now. That's very good for you. It the trouble is... is yeah. There's a big difference between something that is lived and eaten and everything else. It's like a chicken. If you have a chicken that's just been in a cage, which they call a battery chicken, and a chicken that's run around, yes, now its muscles will have been moving and it will be healthier and the meat on it will be better. Yes. So these animals move around and they get muscle toned and they do whatever and it's better meat. This thing is thrown in a Petri dish, is it? Because I'll tell you what they do. They take cells from a fertilized egg, then they have a bank of stored cells or tissue taken from a live animal. So they're still going to need them for something. The cells are mixed, right, with nutrients and cells that need to help it grow and divide. And then the cells are triggered. Well, that's interesting how they do that. To turn into, into skeletal muscle, fat, and connective tissues. After days or weeks... These cells are removed from the tanks and shaped into a product. <laughs> I think I'm going to vomit. They're not allowed to put it out there. The first places that are going to get this are restaurants. You know what? I'm not <laughs> going to any of those restaurants, I can assure you. <laughs> now you know why they're giving the farmers such a hard time. Because it's another industry. 150 of these things are out there already? It's like this is this is just you know what this is? This is the the wind farm of the meat industry is what this is. <laughs> Look, there's a whole lot more to nature, yeah, than just growing things in a lab. It will never be as good, no matter what, including if you're going to pump babies out in your little 
modules, Mr. Gates or whatever. Oh yeah, the pods. Yeah, you remember yeah. that? The uh, the pods. Right. And there was a there, somebody looked into something the other day as well. There was a, a big highlight from um uh what they call the Breakthrough Institute, Center of Global Development Analysis Report, right? So they worked out, right, the majority of the climate-funded projects by the World Bank. They looked into it, yeah? Between 2020 and 2022, remember those years that everything was up about COVID and stuff? I'm sorry, did something happen during that time? Yeah. Was there there, there some closures? Yeah, that was... There isn't such a thing as during COVID anymore for it's before COVID and after now, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. (laughs) But anyway, during COVID, right, these couple of years... The climate portfolio of 119 billion in various types of funding, and I tell you what, they they want to put this over 23 years, but they've already invested 37 billion between these two years to fund 2,500 plus climate projects from low and middle income countries, and they described this as focused on climate mitigation activities. And after analysing all of these projects, it seems like um, money just disappeared into administration and bureaucratic projects such as payment automation for salaries in afghanistan municipal transport transparency in gaza and physical manage management in benin and basically if i remember benin wasn't that forced labor and sex sex trafficking in nigeria because that's benin it's only benin i I know yeah. yeah uh so this is where their um the world bank climate funded projects so far a lot of it's gone into now yeah climate funding uh it, it just it's one bit of criminality after another and then i mean you've got us who put our um data out there and you get those hacks like what's his name um guy mcpherson professor guy mcpherson i've heard the name yes yeah 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 and he, he's another one because you just reminded me from greta 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 Thunberg, he's another one that said, we're going to be we're going to be dead by 2026, I think his forecast was, because of methane. And so keep an eye open for 2026. We're not that far away. And here's one for the methane people. You want to get rid of cattle because of farts, yeah? I always laugh at this because they never tell us about the wild herds that are out in nature. They never tell us about those. It's always... Or the massive ones that used to be here. Yes, it's, it's always... Right. So if you look into the science, yeah, if you look into the science of it, and some people are because they've tried to bend over backwards to fit the agenda and what's being forced on them, yeah? So there's a thing out there called biogenic methane. Now, what people have got to understand is, right, methane has more effect than CO2. CO2 has a negligent effect, right? But CO2 lasts a much longer time. Methane only lasts about, about all this methane that gets coughed out by animals lasts about 10 years maximum. This is what gets me. People shout about this, but they and they say they follow the science, but they actually don't know the science. So basically, they want to stop the emissions of methane, right? So if you take one molecule of methane, say, it's equivalent to about 25, uh, 25 28, nearly 30 molecules of CO2, right? But CO2 lasts hundreds of years. Methane is gone within a matter of a decade. So what is the answer? So we look into the cycle. Let's take a cow, for instance. Now, the grass captures your CO2 and it releases oxygen. So your fauna's capturing CO2, releases oxygen. Photosynthesis, la, 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 la. Thank you. So there's a positive there. So a cow comes along or a grazing animal comes along, eats it. Yeah, eats it in the process. Let's out a bit of methane. 
So basically, it's released methane. After 10 years, this methane is oxidized within the atmosphere into CO2 is one of the products. Yeah. And once again, those same molecules are taken up by the fauna, eaten by cows or whatever, farted out, cycle begins again. So you've got a natural cycle here, right, which is not affecting the world okay we have had vast so many i mean even even to the point a lot of farmers are actually reducing the feed the content or type of feed they're giving to their animals so <laughs> the animals aren't farting as much methane for god's sake the whole industry has gone nuts yeah the natural cycle of things right so this actual cycle that is a part of life goes around and around and around it's a natural cycle so people should actually look at nature those cattle aren't doing anything other than living supplying you with good meat good dairy products and this is what gets me yeah if we dumb down all this we are omnivores yeah people can choose to be vegetarians people can choose to be a carnivore but to find balance we are omnivores yeah nature has got us here Within these dairy products and things like meat, there are so many good things. And the only way you're going to get it outside of that is supplements. And supplements are never as good as the natural thing and never will be. Yeah. Now, one of the biggest things that people suffer with, I mean, I looked into this in a massive way. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent because Martin has suffered a lot with arthritis and stuff like that yeah and i used to say to him well i don't and i've fallen down hatches bounced off things played rugby most of life done diving been in wherever and then i used to look in for it and then you find out that in western societies away from let's say let's say high income countries away from low income countries you get up to 75 percent increase in arthritis why is that then you look into basically what's happened over the time and boron is one of the things that comes up through plants you eat your plants you get your boron and that's what you need pesticides knocks it down and stuff like that but then you find something else you find that people go oh right okay what do i need from bodies and somebody goes well you need a cal calcium supplement it's not as easy as that because if you have a calcium supplement this calcium produces something they call a k protein and then it just sits there but it needs a vitamin K2 to distribute that K protein to the correct place. And if you don't get this K2 vitamin, it's not going to help because calcium sitting around and stuff like that with these proteins doesn't do your body any good because it's yeah. not in the right place. Yeah. And the thing is, you get a lot of this, such dairy products as cheese and chicken and meats and stuff like that. This is what people don't understand. They think they can just go out there and get supplements. You need... No, you can't. You can't do that. You have to find it, combinations of things that actually work, and they have to work together. They have to complement one another. So, for example... that's what nature you, does. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. But on your K2 point right there, so let's just break this down into something simple that everybody understands just right off the bat, even if you're not familiar with vitamin or mineral supplements. A big one that we've heard about during the, the time of COVID was D3, right? So yep. people have been running out there and buying up D3 like crazy saying, this is going to fix everything. No, no, you can't just take a D3 supplement. You need, you need K2. You need K2. You need K2 with, with it. D. 
Exactly. Because if you don't have the K2, it's going to get that calcium buildup around the arterial walls and it's going to cause problems, very serious problems. So you need the K2 to redirect that calcium back into it's, your bone structure. The, K, the K2 is the distributor of all those proteins. It is. And that's and, the way it works. And to get a good absorption of K2, you can't just simply take K2 and say, okay, I've got my K2. No. To get a good absorption of K2, the best source of that is black pepper. Not the stuff you buy that's already crushed up in the store. I'm talking about the actual um, peppercorns. Yeah, the, the peppercorns. And then you put them in a pepper grinder and you Grinding. crush it yourself. Yep, right there. That is one of them. I'll tell you what, there is a natural dairy product. Sorry, vegetarians. Hard cheeses are mm, one yeah. of the few yeah. things that supply calcium and K2. Mm-hmm. It's there. There are oh, so many cheeses. things out there. Yellow cheeses yeah. specifically, yeah. Yeah, nice hard cheese. But there are so many things out there. But the thing is, if you don't know it, it's not your fault for being ignorant of the fact because you expect people especially your doctors and everything and advisors to actually put you on that but they don't no matter what happens see this is something i can't stress the most when when you go down to uh, a doctor or whatever nowadays and they say you need this you need this and here's your prescription just look at what they're telling you to take and then please read the leaflet that comes with it and then actually just look into it because there can be detrimental effects as well because man-made medicines are there to treat the symptoms which might indirectly not necessarily to the fault of whoever because they're ticking boxes they know this or whatever should do this but if it has another detrimental effect that'll be in the first line of getting something to sort the next detrimental effect out and you could end up having a whole line of stuff and your body won't like it and it's simple as that your body will not like it there are i wouldn't say natural remedies because whatever but there is generally your good health comes from you can have any everything in moderation our parents did my parents did they went through a world they went through a world war they came out the other side there was rationing or whatever they had everything in moderation they cooked they knew their stuff and they lived to a long age and they pass the information on and you learn from your parents the trouble is we live in a ready made age where everything's just yeah this is all right that looks nice yeah i'll have some of that whatever go just whatever. put it in a microwave and yeah. in 30 <laughs> seconds it's done one of, one of the simplest things is yeah that i thankfully i always use my daughter as an example not to say well i've got it right because i've got so many things wrong as a parent you always do but it's very interesting that the way life changes because the um locally there's um a workhouse which is a museum but they have um world war ii days and things like that and you go down there and their post office is open then and when you go through every child gets given a ration book thing a little printout and they're allowed to go down to that post office and get a week's supply of sweets what they used to have so guess where they're all off to wow. the post office so they'll go down the post office and then they go where's my week's supply of sweets and then they go well put your hand out and they put a few into their hand and they go yeah that. little pieces and i went is that it yeah and they just go yomph and throw it straight in their mouth you know that you know what, what's given to them? that was a week you know after you know after the war and stuff like that and what the kids had and yet they'll they'll polish that nowadays the sugar intake and stuff like that is just 
exponentially. Well, we've, yeah, we've had crazy. sugar sur- Yeah, we've had sugar surpluses since the end of the war. So yeah. it's been, and of course, we we've actually we, in the U.S. we don't actually use uh, sugar. We've got uh, such high taxes on sugar. We actually we substitute it with corn syrup, <laughs> which is just oh nasty. Oh yeah, high fructose corn syrup. It's just it's it's god awful, and it's in everything. It is literally in everything over there. If you bite into I don't know, a steak. Guess what? There's corn syrup in it. I mean, it's just, it's in everything. That's it. Sweeten it, sell it. Yeah. Sweeten yeah. it, sell it's, it. That's the one complaint that I get from everybody that visits the States. They're like, the food is just terrible. You know, everything is just crammed full of sugar. It didn't and always used to be. No, it didn't. No, it did not. Uh, it's just, it's recently become that in the last 20 years or so. And if you don't believe that, just look at where the people were back in the 80s as to where they are now physiologically. One thing that GP was saying when he came over here, when he and I went to a restaurant, the first thing he said was, my God, I can taste everything. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, yes, you can. I just, still I come just to laugh. the UK. There are still some really nice places here as well, which do proper cooking. And it is yeah. nice. Well, my friend, uh, it has been a great conversation. We're probably going to have to call this one done. Do you want to spend a few minutes, uh, last few minutes here on the uh, the BBC piece that you had? Um, or do you want to hold that? Because there, there no, there's no, no time. No, there were some that, so. fun bits. It's just that that total git Mariana Spring, uh-huh. she, you know, she boasted about the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> investigating the oh yes the verify movement. the bbc verify and she's got yeah, her own well, podcast now and yeah all that well stuff. there was a there, there was a chap on twitter and the thing is i don't do twitter but it got so blown up and people loved it so much i think he was um at alan i think that was a one a n underscore m but his response to her was there is no uk conspiracy amusement movement just individuals who are desperate to seek and share truth rather than lies fed to them by corporate media, especially about COVID. And he said, I have evidence and I will supply you threads to doctors, the ONS, which is obviously our statistics in this country, which has an endless amount of stuff. And there was information available to all. Guess what she did? Um, She either blocked that individual or made her account private or shut it down altogether. She blocked him. There you go. She blocked him. But then there was something interesting. There was a load of defamation. It was like all of a sudden he got tweets from a group of people. And if you look into them, they're called the Mutton Crew, right? The Mutton Crew? Okay. Yeah. Now, the Mutton Crew... Oh, right? rabbit holes. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they, they derived their name from being followed or being a follower of a person called Graham Botley, who is also known as Swelldale... Mutton is part of a disinformation group, which is part of the British Army, known as the 77th Brigade, whose speciality is information and psychological warfare, i.e. they just try and grind people down by saying things on platforms like Twitter. So basically, she shuts him, blocks him, and there's all this, then all the crap happens. So they send in the the boys. Yeah, the boys, uh uh-huh. And it just makes a farce of everything. And... This is what people got to understand. As soon as anyone comes out with something like BBC Verify, BBC, you don't verify anything. You're spent to be a platform for open debate, information and debate, information. Not, I, we're going to tell you what's right, end of dit. It doesn't work. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. I mean, yes, the BBC was a platform during the war for propaganda and everything and whatever else. But, People used to look up to the BBC and you're using 
that those people are just about gone now. Those generations are just about gone. And they'll be turning in their grave, really, because the corporation, the sea, has turned into circus or comedy act. Because this is a joke. You're supposed to be an open platform for debate. And it would be nice to know if it was a people's platform, just not another media face. And it's upsetting. It's upsetting because there has been a lot of positive history, as much as you've had your dark times and whatever else. But on the whole, you were looked at in a bit of a light. You haven't got that anymore, especially if you've got people fronting up like that. This verify should go out the window. You're not there to tell people. You're up there to inform them and let them have a choice. You don't tell them what's right or wrong. That is what is meant to be an open platform of debate. And the BBC hasn't shown any debate for quite a while now. For and against, it doesn't matter. You should have people on there being allowed to use it as a platform so people can actually speak and converse. When that doesn't happen, there is an agenda. End of. No debate, there's an agenda. And mm -hmm. that's all I've got to say. And yeah. it's, it's a shame, really, because that closes it on a bit of a dark time. I have got something to say about Gates, and it's not very nice. Uh, hang on. But to I it. think I yeah, shall hang. say that for another day. Yeah, hang on to it. Now, before we go, uh, I would like to say that I would feel guilty if I didn't. I gave Marty a surprise. I'm going to have to give you one, too. You do know that cake. we're in... No, it's not cake. It is not cake. Um, you do know that we're coming up on the, um, uh, what is it, the music festival in Glastonbury, yeah? Oh, yeah, Glastonbury's on, yeah. People are gathering Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I was going to say, don't show me a load of rainbow stuff because I turned it off the other well, day. Well, because... I'm, I'm just going to say, no, well, they say here, now, This is, obviously there's no sound. You don't need to worry about that. But they're out there painting all over the field where they're going to be having the main celebrations there where the uh, you see the music stage there and you see they're standing with oh, no. the NHS. Okay. And there's a load of rainbow colors beyond rainbow the colors NHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. It's a, look, the NHS is a health service. It doesn't need to be politicised with a rainbow touch. It's not supposed to be politicised now. No. They're, they're, they're supposed to be helping people. Don't, don't, don't abuse that. They've been... Oh, God. This is so annoying. It's like... It's in everything. Like it's, uh, it's I mean, in, I, I don't... I don't it, it's, there's loads of people in the NHS that mean well. Yeah, there of course, are loads of, of people. Actually, there's a load of people at the top of the NHS that are actually now lords and dames and whatever else, and they got the knighthoods or whatever, and they're the ones that actually pushed the COVID agenda. Check it out, people. You'll be quite surprised to see who went there. Just on that point, I forgot to even mention this last week when you were on, Jacinda Ardern has been made a dame. Marvellous. Yeah. Well, she's another one to go into the toilet of the lords, you know, and ladies or whatever it is. Wonderful. She's entitled. Hopefully... She doesn't have some, or is it a trans woman or a trans man walk in? I don't, I don't quite understand I don't know. that. I, I, can't, I can't Probably follow not. it. It's just, it changes every week. So, but they've, they've used, um, they've used the NHS to an nth degree to hike the price of foods up. Cause it's like my daughter said to me during COVID, wow, the NHS can get 25% off in all the supermarkets and stuff like that. I said, there's no free lunch, darling. If, They've gone on board and said 25% off the NHS. That's lovely. But no matter what, that means the price of foods for everybody else is going to go up at least that. And it's happened and it has done and it's been used. And that is the problem. They've used and abused the whole situation over the years. Those matter of three years during COVID is disgusting. It is horrendous. The fallout from it is going to be incalculable and on life, money and everything else. 
but we'll see where it goes to. And people will feel the hurt if they're not feeling the hurt in their pockets or the pain of losing somebody already. So, I mean, it, it, it's quite sad, really. But it is. press on, people. Indeed. Yep. you got to chin up and carry on. We'll see you next week, yes? Yes. However, I'll try the, uh, and make it back. Yeah, the week after you won't be here. I, well, I, I might think... get back for the weekend to do a late one. Okay. All right. Well, we can we can talk by phone whenever, whenever you yeah. get back. So just let me know. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Bruce didn't make it, but that's okay. We'll see him on the next one. Oh, so. I'll say hello to him anyway. I will speak to you next week, sir. So I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. And have a great evening. Good night. Man.